0: Hey, Aaron Johnson here, and welcome to Holistic Resistance Radio. This is a place for me to really examine, unpack, appreciate the many individuals I've been honored to work with over the last five years specifically, but really over the last lifetime. I'm really curious about how we resist holistically. How do we resist with all of ourselves? When we think about the parts of resistance that is most effective, it's always Uh, Something to understand and really respect is that this is our whole selves. This is a part of our story that's not just um, uh, marching on the street, which is an amazing process, but it's really about our day in and day out, building resistance as we breathe. And that's what this podcast is about. We're going to seek out stories, interviews, and share personal experiences here at holisticresistance.com and really take the time to understand the power of you, the power of the individual, the one-on-one combat of ending racism, one child at a time, one husband at a time, one wife at a time, one teacher at a time, one student at a time. And as this expands itself, we realize that holistic resistance is about taking our lives and living and breathing resistance. Thank you, I'm excited about this season. It's gonna be amazing. I look forward to getting to know you the deep way. Welcome to Holistic Resistance Radio. This is Erin Johnson.
1: Hello, this is Portia B.
0: We're going to be unpacking the one of our biggest fundraisers to date. Um, we are doing a queer housing project. Portia, speak a little bit about this project or give us a quick description of what we're working with here.
1: Yeah, so what we are doing in this fundraiser is the POC Queer Housing Project. And what this project is centered around is having an opportunity to create a co-housing that is centering POC, centering queer folks in Southern California. What we learned is that in Southern California, there is not an option of this type of living. And we want to implement that in Southern California. And we have several goals in that we want to be able to buy some acreage and, um, have a house that we are able to purchase and also on that land what we're desiring to do is build as many tiny homes and as many earth domes that we can as possible because earth domes are just amazing structures and they are earthquake resistant fire resistant which being in southern california is extremely important and um we also want to have the option of a tiny home because of the location in which we are located and recognizing that we do live in a hyper racist and hyper homophobic environment and so if these individuals need an option of leaving they have safe sustainable uh they have a safe sustainable house that they can get in and move their tiny homes to be in a safe space another important aspect of the POC housing project that we are looking to create is an option of being able to have a rain-capturing system, solar panels that can help sustain. And I'll go more into those initiatives and those needs that we desire for the project. But overall, just to be able to have uh, POC be able to sustain themselves right here on the property.
0: Yeah, so it sounds like to me, like, one of our goals in holistic resistance is to create a model, right? So then people can take these models and, and maybe do them other places. One of the things that we noticed is we want to not only have a housing for intentional community to disrupt ways in which shelter, as folks of color, um, but also the idea of teaching people how to earth build, teaching people, you know, how to get their hands into the earth, you know, access to food that's grown on site with rain capture. Um, and so that, that complexity of like, how do we have a living space that's an intentional community and also is healing medicine, healing for the body, healing for the mind, recovery spaces. Mm -hmm. Obviously we can't help. A ton of people but we can help maybe nine people or ten or so maybe five full-time residents and some some places for some folks that want to come in and stay for a while um speaking to the idea of like shelter give me a little context of like just a little bit about what you've been through around shelter growing up and why this is such an important part of getting people started into the world of uh living in community and having secure shelter
1: yeah you know for me growing up and having a single parent that had anywhere from maybe two to three hours a day to be able to be with all seven of her children mm-hmm. and at the same time worried about keeping a roof over our head and rent constantly being a, a conversation, I just really saw there were several pieces that stood out to me Aaron and that was the importance of community mm-hmm. the more that I became older and I and I started to live in a community and i've been in a, in a community type setting of living is I've seen the power of what it looks like and being able to have that support to not have everything weighing on your shoulders in a lot of ways and it It was just very disrupting you know for me i I remember being young and and questioning oh what would my living situation look like or you know i've I've dealt with homelessness several times in my lifetime. Me and my family has been without shelter. And so, the you know, just a piece of earth building alone became such a powerful, uh, a powerful piece for me and learning that I could build my own shelter and that literally the earth around me could be the thing that houses mm-hmm. me and mm-hmm. holds me in ways that the system couldn't.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I think um, there's a way in which holistic resistance realizes that natural building earth building is a center of our work if we had the budget for it we would just build earth one right from scratch from foundation to on a property and get permits and get a all that but we also know that budget wise that's asking a lot because the county is pretty strict right now Mm -hmm. um on building earth domes they uh maybe three years ago there is an earth dome built in the yucca valley it was permitted and they loved it when the joshua tree was permitted and done and then there's a earth uh, earth 1 which would be what we would want to build In Claremont they built one and then the county changed the law right to where those plans are now disqualified yeah. so now for us to build earth 1 we have to take the plans buy the plans um from Cal Earth and then they're, they're dead plans at that point they're not usable for the county take them up to portland exactly. have engineers look at it and rewrite um A new, slightly modifications to the plans to make them be green stamped of a secure structure, which is all just red Red tape. tape. It's not, (laughs) none of this is necessary. Yeah. And then we would come back down to the county and say, can we build Earth One? Now, I would rather do that, right? Yeah. But the alternative, as far as time's sake, is to purchase a normal house, a wood house, and then um, take our time in getting, building smaller earth domes, like, you know, small that the county doesn't worry about, like less than 10 foot. Um, by 10 foot little, beautiful little huts and really get the skill set built and then work with the county over time to build on that five acres a secondary house. That'll be right. a full size house with all the time. So we aren't waiting five years for all that. No, exactly. I do think five years. If we have all the money, we can do that in less time. But that's why we're saying, let's just, we could either hey, one trail of this is that we can build a earth one from scratch. Mm-hmm. Second trail is that we can just build, a, buy a, a normal house, get the intentional community going Have the gardens, rain capture in place, and then build on that, buy it on a five acre plot, and then build a second house, which would be Earth One or Eco Dome um, on that property as we work through the red tape with the county. Um, We're trying to do all this above bork We don't want the county to come down on us or be stressing us out. We want to be a stress free environment. We want to do all these things above bork We want to be able to make this scalable. If we're doing it legally, that makes it scalable. That's partly why. We're making sure we're fundraising this so that we won't have to cut any corners. Um the
1: other piece that, that I know at Holistic Resistance that we're also trying to be able to teach mm-hmm. other POC queer folks yeah. how to build with yeah. Earth. How yeah. to build how yes. to earth build. Yes. Right. Because yeah. that's that's also the power in which we're trying to lean towards is not just um saying, Oh, build it and it's done, but mm-hmm. also we empower yes. ourselves to take um a initiative and action and building a structure mm. that is healthy for the environment yep. good for us overall mm-hmm. and just powerful community space that can be held in that yeah
0: holistic resistance talks about how do we resist holistically super adobe building tiny house building alternative natural building but specifically super adobe um is one of those big interruptions yes. of like we can actually live a more sustainable life A more um, grounded life. Like me and you have built, you know, 90 degree temperatures and (laughs) the heat here. Me and you have built domes and shelters with our hands And You're not a professional builder. I'm a professional builder. And we have built these. We have learned. We've got, this is past, we can teach this, the basic parts of this in a week. And that to me is really important to think about and hold as we're talking about holistic resistance.
1: And, you know, I, I think another thing that would be great to talk a little bit about this, Aaron, because not everyone is familiar with earth domes and earth building and things like that. Could you just share with with everyone on the podcast just a little bit about, like, the basics of earth building? Of course, there's, like, a little, like, some measurements and things like that that need to be encompassing that needs to happen. But for the most part... For someone who's like, I don't know if I can support what earth building mm. I've never done it before. Can yeah. you break down the simplicity of what that, earth building is That's huge. Like-
0: and I, I'll share that because one of the things we need in our support is when we start building these structures, we want to invite people from all of the United States to come camp out on our property once we get it purchased and help us build, help us plaster, and all that is being needed. And so it's so simple in a sense. It's um, earth bag, which is like a long tube. You can imagine like a sandbag but stretched into a long tube. Usually you buy them by the mile. So mm-hmm. you buy a big roll uh, by the mile. I think we still got some left over from all the building we've done a mile. And usually the, it can be anywhere from 12 inches to 18 inches uh, thick, the bag, the sandbag. And so what we do is we we build like a beehive, kind of like a little coil on top of a coil. We put um, we put uh, 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 bob wire in between each uh, course, we call it. Every time you lay a, a course of bag, it's called it one course. Mm-hmm. Then we do some bob wire, Um, Sometimes we hammer rebar through every three feet, um, but that just depends on how you feel about the build. Most likely the the barbed wire is the most important piece. We compact each bag. Now what's cool about it is that anyone that can lift a coffee can, a gallon coffee can, and hand it to the next person and can, you know, stand for 20 minutes or 30 minutes, can contribute mm-hmm. or sit. You can be sitting and be in a, a semi line of moving the earth. Mm-hmm. And you just pour that coffee can inside the bag. It's a, such a practical way. Exactly. And and then one person's holding the bag and they lay that bag. Not laying that bag is takes a little technique. And then one person runs a compass mm-hmm. to make sure that the wall is consistently going up with the right um, progression and not um, uh, off, too off, because if it's too off, it could fall. Right. Um, so the compassing takes a little bit of a skill set, but literally... Um, I think most people that do compassing for a couple of hours get it. They go, oh, this is how compassing works. Mm-hmm. Um, there are more complicated ways to compass, but the basic part of the compassing that I learned is simple. Um, and we have one constant. It's a little chain that keeps you kind of accurate of, of, the, of the arch, and then one that keeps you kind of progressing in closer and closer. So one's a moving compass, and one's a straight compass. And spun over a podcast is impossible probably, but <laughs> the idea is that that helps you regulate your circle and make sure your yeah. circle is consistent going up. Yeah outside of that everyone could jump in there and pound people could jump in there and plaster people could jump in there and shovel um, this is a hands-on quiet singing we have sang we've jammed while we built you know and that's actually what's beautiful about earth building it's not a loud experience uh, most most of the time it's just chill you know we could sit there and talk and process and sing and be in community yes. as we make the yes. building go up
1: yeah th- thank you so much for sharing that Aaron I, I think that that just really breaks it down and helps simplify this conversation of what does earth building look like what does it mean what does it consist of and you know I just want to share a little bit for myself when I started building when I very first started earth building there was an experience for me that I saw the power of being able to be close to the earth and at the same time building a structure that would then be sheltering my loved one. There's a story that you often tell that just always warms my heart when you talk about is that you say like when you walk, you were you, were you and um your wife Camelia, were laying down on the bed and you looked up and you're like, oh look, there's my loved one's hands, you know? And you talk about how like there's this piece where you can you can see and you can you can feel the love of, of and the energy of everyone who put their hands on mm. that structure. And I and you know I have a similar desire in the PLC Co-housing project as we build earth domes and things of that sort is that, I can I could look and say oh that was when we were singing that song oh that's when we were we were um holding space for that grief space or we're doing work on this project in a way that we could come together as community and in a huge way that, um you know and and not like anti wood building but you know there's louder, um tools that needs to be used but with earth building it could be songs singing it could be um processing and i i just really appreciate that so i appreciate you bringing that
0: up yeah i you know the one that's important about earth building it's a handmade house you know i i love wood wood is beautiful but what i find is how we historically build houses in america is very wasteful um the if you think about how wood's processed buying it it's just it's not a sustainable process and living in the mojave desert with a soil is really ideal for super adobe building I am shocked that the county is... Oh, I'm not shocked. The mm-hmm. county is so slow at inviting us into it because I go into most houses, it's chemical, mm-hmm. it's, it's paint, and it's mm-hmm. plastic, and it's all kind of chemicals mm-hmm. that make up a house. What is involved? You can build a clean house, but the way they're traditionally built, houses aren't built to really feed the soul.
1: Yeah.
0: Super Adobe, I've lived in a dome. For five years yeah, and reluctantly moved. Um, not because I wanted to, because I didn't want the, the county tracking me while I was living there. And so I realized that because right. the county was not tracking us that I wanted to move out so I could either alter the building or what I needed to do without worrying about displacing myself. And so for me, I'm now living in a woods tiny house and it's beautiful. I love it. But when you think of a structure, I learned living in Earth Dome that it, it, it makes a difference when you have a building that breathes. Right. So when I lived in the Earth Dome, what we figured out we have a thirteen foot tall by or thirteen foot wide, fifteen feet tall earth dome. That earth dome in the morning you can open the windows. It's the coolest time of the day here in the desert. It takes about twenty, thirty minutes. Mm. It cools off inside from all the you know sleeping and energy you might have. And you close the windows. If you have little covers, cover the windows. If you have a wood door, we had a metal door, it still worked with the metal door. Mm -hmm. And you close it, you know, doors already closed, windows open, cools off, you close it. And from literally 7 or 6 in the morning until about 4 or 5 in the evening, it's a pretty consistent 75 to 80 degrees. Hmm. Even if it's 105 or 100 degrees outside, it stays consistently that much. So right around 4 o'clock, the heat finally makes it through the 18-inch thick walls, the earth walls. And starts entering into the room, so it's getting kind of muggy right around 4 o'clock to like 6. All you do literally in a small dome like that is open the door. And in an hour, all that warm heat dispenses itself, mm. and the sun's down at that time, and you can invite in some more cool air, and then close the door or a window, mm-hmm. whatever you want to use for for, a and that's the cooling system. Now, what's beautiful about our dome is built right next door to our stick house, and I say that because a stick house, a wood house, a normal house, we have the swamp cooler running all day, right? It's a hundred degrees, and, and certain rooms in the, in the house are still ninety-five degrees, even <laughs> though the swamp yeah. cooler is running all day.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. And and so. What I find is that earth domes can be manageable in the Mojave Desert, in Palm Springs, in the Joshua Tree, in harsh environments. Mm. And and sure, a fan would be great. And sure, having a cooling system in place is fine. But what we'll find is everything around installation, sustainability, and the fire hazards, is in breathing, and or using natural it's material, it, it, is, it is superior by a long shot. And so for me, mm. then the spiritual element of it is we built our dome with our community yeah. so the community can come out and support. It didn't know how to be skilled. If they could pick up a coffee can, we had two folks that knew how to build, me and my brother. Everyone else, we kind of taught as we went. Yep. That's what's beautiful about it. someone yep. else is learning, yep. and you can be in community, yeah. right? And so for me, what's beautiful about that is that that's when we started plastering. I could see the hampers. So we did a rough plaster. Usually what you do is you do you know, your, your rough plaster. Then you come back over it with a, a smooth plaster. And then you come back over it with like a elastomeric or some kind of sealant. And then you might paint it after that. Well, what we did in size We started plaster, which a rough plaster went up. And we were going to put a smooth plaster on. And we said, let's leave the rough plaster. cuz rough plaster, you can see all the imprints. You can see the textures. You can <laughs> see all the folks' hands and prints and yeah. divots and parts of the building that was in place. And me and my wife said, let's just leave it. Mm-hmm. Earth color, no paint, just raw, rough plastered, and we put a ceiling on it to keep it from like crumbling, not yes. uh, crumbling, but keep it a little bit of water resistant so our hands rub against it. It'll, it'll, it'll stay kind of a little, a barrier between a little wet barrier. But other than that, yeah. that is how it's been for the last seven years. And so for me, this is the kind of experience that I think more black folks and POC folks need to have experience. This is a part of their life. Yeah. And I think it will ever change how we think about architecture and building and empower us in a way that I feel like American culture does not want us to be empowered. They keep talking about Mm -hmm. safety. And I always think it's important. Oh, we want to be safe. Mm -hmm. That's why these codes are here, to help you be safe. And these these architects have been tested. They're superior in their building. They're superior in their safety. They're superior in fire building. In every level of shelter building, domes are more superior. Strength, fire resistance, chemicals, people that have allergic reaction or mold issues, domes are superior, right? Mm -hmm. But what's interesting is is a county simply like, ah, no, 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 no. We'll watch paradise burn to the ground. The entire city wiped out mm-hmm. in several hours. And when they talk about rebuilding it, they're talking about building more wood buildings. Mm-hmm. There are many burned areas now with climate change. They're going to be coming, including the high desert here. We burn every five years badly here. Mm-hmm. With climate change, the wildfires in California only get worse. And it blows my mind that that paradise fire killed... More people I've ever seen in a fire, maybe in the history of our country, I wouldn't be surprised, probably in in recent history, but definitely in the last, my lifetime, Mm -hmm. I've never seen the numbers that we saw in Paradise die. And what was shocking is to go back and build more wood buildings there again. Mm -hmm. And 50 years from today, Paradise is going to burn again. Mm -hmm. Right? Same building. But I imagine if we put 50% of those buildings were earth buildings, super dobes, none of them will burn. Mm -hmm. None of them will burn. That to me, should be a no-brainer in every burn zone in California. They should be. They should be giving subsidies for folks to be building earth domes. So I just want to be that. I want to be on this end
1: right.
0: of the conversation. That's why everywhere we're gonna have our kind of you know community. We're gonna build earth domes. We need to yeah. disrupt yeah. the thinking in our community. And this this, this I think project speaks to that. And want to invite the United States, the anyone anywhere in the country to come and learn and practice with us in building community and reaching for black and supporting black people. Yes. This kind of architecture needs to be in the middle of it. Because shelter is a problem for POC folks in the United States and particularly in Southern California. We have a shelter problem historically. And I know yes. we can't solve everyone, but yes. this model can start the conversation and stop the ignorance that we see through the county and the city and the state when it comes to architecture and sheltering people, particularly brown people and black people.
1: Mm. yeah
0: Yeah. thank you so much for sharing all that so for all y'all that have been hanging out with us for the last uh let's see uh 20 minutes or so i want to just let you all know that this is a this is a passion for us we're not going to stop um building we're not going to stop um thinking about shelter and taking on the complexity around shelter yeah. This fundraiser for Peel Housing is our first project after we're done with this, and it's established. We want to start another one, right? But we wanted to start the first one here in the Mojave Desert, specifically in Phelan, because there is no such thing of this here. Intentional communities in the Northwest are pretty common. Even down in Joshua Tree and Los Angeles, there's some intentional communities. Chico has a really big, you know, intentional community thinking. But mm-hmm. the Mojave Desert, particularly Phelan, does not exist, and it, yeah. and it definitely doesn't exist for POC folks and no. definitely doesn't exist because to natural building to be one of the centerpieces around it. So there's exactly. so many um, barriers we're breaking down for this project. Um, we just appreciate anyone that hears our voice yeah. to let us take on the impossible, the county, the government, wildfires, climate change. That's what we're talking about around this model here. But I think we can keep that creativity going. We want to thank Cal Earth for teaching us Yes. How to earth build and being such a great consulting force yes. and they're doing the good fight themselves yeah, to yes, yeah. to take on uh the the housing industry, the force. And if you ever have any time to go to spirit California, it's not far from where we are, um, Cal Earth is worth visiting. I highly recommend it. Earth dot org. Yeah,
1: thank you so much, Aaron, for sharing all that and Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. Once I started to earth build with Aaron and supporting him and building his earth dome, I was just like, hey, Aaron, I I want to build me one too. And ever since, it's just been so, so powerful to see the prolificness of that work happen. And I also want to talk a little bit about how, you know, what we're talking, we're not just talking about, we're actually, you know, following that up with action. And specifically, if we could, I know this is a different project, but I think it's worth mentioning, Talk a little bit about the Chronically Under project and how earth building and being close to the earth is a part of that conversation.
0: You'll constantly see in Holistic Resistance, us have a project over here, POC Queer Housing, right? And they have a project over here called the Chronically Under They're really together in a lot of ways, right? Because you think about, okay, exactly. we're working right now with young black men exactly. around their chronically under needs, which is a huge conversation within itself. We have several podcasts about that specifically. And then we have the queer housing. And one of the things that's important we talk about mental health. We talk about violence in the black community. We talk about um, self-care routines. Well, the Chronic and the Touch is that. And so you'll watch, you know, podcasts and videos around the Chronic and the Touch, which you'll see us doing in the Chronic and the Touch is taking sessions inside of what? the earth, earth dome. dome. You'll see us outside working with the earth, or the earth plastering, mm-hmm. in community. Yep. This is all a part of our touch needs being met. They aren't yep. really separate. Yep. We separate them for simplicity purposes so people can support exactly. our campaign for Chronic and Touch because that's important work that we're doing. Right? And some people say, I want to support the Queer Housing Project and a and, and PLC-controlled housing project. Yes, but understand the end, on this intentional community, what are we going to be inside there? We're going to be disrupting uh, the current under yeah, yeah, we're going to be taking workshops, we're going to be healing, we're going to do a lot of help and support. And what's important about those resistance is we don't charge PLC people for our services. And so we want to keep all this is f- as free as possible. The housing will be subsidized. We don't know how much fundraising we we'll be able to do. Yeah. It'll be either close to zero, like I mean, it's low-cost, controlled, exactly. like... 200 bucks a month or $100 a month or, you know, work in exchange, help build some domes, work the farm, whatever you do to help kind of balance it out. But we aren't trying to charge black folks to heal. Exactly. To charge black folks to live organically and naturally. We want to offer these as free as possible for folks. All PLC folks have access to this wisdom. We want to make it as accessible. And so through your donation, you make this accessible. And so the Chronically Under Touch campaign Mm -hmm. is to me... um, a block, right? Earth building is a block. Cronk mm-hmm. and touch is a block. And these blocks and buildings are kind of build yep. the infrastructure of holistic resistance. So that's the two projects that we're launching right now. It's a campaign out right now, a um, uh, GoFundMe campaign to support the Cronk and Attach project. And now we have this fundraiser for the Queer Housing Project. And what's important to note, too, and I'll say this to me in here, is security is an issue. We live in a place where white folks have burned down and tore down buildings that were POC controlled. There's a mosque mm-hmm. that was out in the Adelanto area um, that had a burial site, only probably one of the few in the country that buries folks, you know, the mm-hmm. way that their religion um, asked, um, and someone burned it down. Yeah. And the FBI is still quote unquote investigating; haven't found out who did it, but we know who burned down this mosque, right? We know what happened. It had no electricity out there. This is an off-grid mosque. It was, you know, it, it was burned. And mm-hmm. um, it, our church has been vandalized multiple times over the last yeah. 10 years. Um, so, yeah. you know, painted on it, broken into. I mean, there's the security. The
1: black supply.
0: Exactly. So, for okay. us... We don't want to have this this housing community not have a solid fence around the entire perimeter, cameras and cameras available to track people that are kind of trying to track us, and and we're not going to announce this on Facebook. We're building this in feeling because we want people tracking us that are that want to target us right now with this emboldened white supremacist environment we're in, and so this is going to be kind of a low key fundraiser. We're doing this, um, we're doing this very very um. We're not giving away addresses or where exactly. we're going to be building this at. Um, only people know about this is folks that are in our circle that we know that we can trust because white supremacist folks to attack POC and queer folks is a common thing. Okay. Um, and we don't want that to be a part of our world. So security is a big issue. So one of our in this fundraiser, we want to also if you are a specialist in security, say you install cameras, maybe you help that guess your wheelhouse of perfection or skill set. We want to talk to you. We want to put a fence around this place, a six-foot-tall fence, probably earthen fence or a solid fence mm-hmm. so that we can have some sense of security as well as with a solid alarm system so that people can't just come on site and cause harm to the folks of color that are in this room or in this in this project and on this property that we're going to be building. Yes. Great. Any other closing thoughts you want to add before we wrap up this podcast today, Portia?
1: Yeah. So, um... Basically, the fundraiser will be September 21st. Mm-hmm. And I just want to go over a, a brief list of things of ways that um people can help and support the PLC Housing Initiative that doesn't Great. just require them to be here in person. Some yeah. folks aren't able to give money. Some people aren't able to be here in person. And so here are some remotely ways you can support as well. Um, so some of those include assisting us in trying to find land, having options of land, looking for permaculturalists uh, individuals who uh understand and have the option of procurement and installation of solar panels being able like aaron said about security earth builders volunteers and experience and anybody who would like to take time to donate tools like uh, building materials that we may need as well and overall support and money towards our donation and goal and being able to raise for uh this POC housing project.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, I don't know who you are, but whoever's listening to this podcast, we thank you for that. We are doing our good work here and staying creative and taking on the impossible. And I know that 20 years, 10 years from today, we can look back at this project and be so glad that we invested in it now. Yes. It can give shelter to folks for a lifetime. And that to me is what we want to see happen in this, uh, house number one in holistic resistance, uh, Projects that we are launching.
1: Yes, I, and I too also just want to say thank you. There are lives that will be touched immensely and, and truly in a lot of ways being being supported in ways that otherwise wouldn't happen outside of a project of this magnitude. So just really appreciate you listening to this podcast, taking in the wisdom. Thank you, Aaron, for sharing all the details and, and your wisdom around earth building. Thank you for teaching me how to earth build. And like we said, we, we keep holistically resisting in all the ways.
0: All right, let's keep reaching. I'm going to give a cell phone number. If you go to the website, you can email me. But one of the fastest ways to start having conversations about this send them calls on me. You can call me or text me first at this number at 885-6740. Again, you can text or call me at 885-6740 um, and get more information about this. Say, I want to have a conversation with you or Porsche, or maybe text it out. I want to support. How do, I, how do I do a certain project or how do I get involved in a way like right now? That number will get you attached to us real quickly. You can email us as well, as well from our website. But know that a text, that number is like gold. Get to us right now. Much love. Peace. Peace. Oh, also, keep reaching. <laughs>